This podcast series is brought to you by the Committee for Adelaide and Grant Law PR. We talk with passionate boomerangs and arrows in this series and hear why they have chosen South Australia as their home to live and work. Boomerangs are people who are originally from South Australia, moved abroad and have returned. Arrows are people who have chosen to make South Australia their new home. Well, Peter, we have a sporting boomerang today, and that is Tom Rishpeth, who is the head of commercial and events at Football Australia. How are you doing, Tom? Good, thanks, Grant. Thanks for having me. Great thanks to have you on here, Tom. Um, let's run straight into it. Being an international boomerang, you've spent a fair bit of time overseas in London and the UK. Can you tell us a little bit about your time abroad? Yeah, I was, I was really lucky. Um, I had an opportunity to go and work uh, for another ex-South Australian, actually Judith Griggs, who spent a lot of time working in Formula One um, at the back end of 2013. I'd spent um, a lot of time playing sport and I was working as a lawyer at Minter Ellison in Adelaide and was really keen to have a, a sports business career and Judith gave me that opportunity and um, I said to my girlfriend at the time, now wife, what do you think about moving to London? And um, she jumped at it. So we moved over end of 2013 and um, yeah, ended up there for nearly seven years, had a, had a fantastic time professionally, personally, um, had a good group of mates from Adelaide who were over at the same time, which seems to happen. You congregate um, with like-minded folk, but we also had yeah, really great experiences traveling um, around Europe and the world and um Ultimately, we, we really enjoyed our time there, but we had a, our first child in London. Um, we had another on, on the way and, and decided we want to move back to Australia to be closer to family. And you worked um, with, you're with Football Australia now, which is awesome, but you know, you've had a few different roles, like um, you've been a commentator, you've worked at the AFL Europe um, Commission. Can you like, tell us a little bit about your roles in these different sporting arenas and how you came to now being with Football Australia? Yeah, it's um, it's funny. I played a lot of Aussie rules when I grew up um, and a bit of cricket, but um, I played a lot of uh, footy um, in Adelaide and spent a lot of time at the Sturt Football Club. And then when I moved over to London, was still keen to to keep connected um, with Aussie rules. And I'd learnt about AFL Europe, which was the um, I guess the body that governs Aussie rules over in over in Europe, and went and met um, with the guy Ben who was running at the time. And um, the commentating thing was one of the most bizarre experience I've ever had and I'm standing sitting here in front of a microphone but I literally got a call from Ben um, who said look Eurosport currently uh, run the Aussie rules commentary um, and there's a commentator that's been doing it for six years and he's going back to Australia next week and they need some new commentators and would you want to come in and watch how it's done and he asked two other people that I knew um, none of us had had any media or commentary exposure whatsoever but Ben just knew that we liked footy um, so we went into the commentary box at the Eurosport offices at Feltham in London, watched it once, and then the next week we're on live to <laughs> 21 countries around Europe trying to describe Aussie rules off a, off a little box in a in a commentary booth. So that was a lot of fun. It was a, um, a pretty rapid learning. Um, it was probably a pretty eye-opening sort of experience seeing sort of the reality of yeah, the, the big juggernaut of, of the AFL here um, compared to how it was viewed in, in different countries. Um, and in Europe, but it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that experience. Um, uh, but now I've flipped to a round ball, and it, it's probably it's probably reversed. We've got um, yeah, a, a huge amount of, of interest in the game. Um, working at Football Australia, and um, we've got the Women's World Cup coming to Australia next year, which is going to be huge. But yeah. having moved back to Adelaide, I still have a few people that sort of, I guess, remember me playing a different shape sport and are a little bit confused. And I do have to say, football because it's the world game. We call it football, so yes. um, I got in trouble for that week one at Football Australia trying to call it soccer. So it's definitely Football Australia. 
Yeah. And how did you find the transition to uh, to association football? Yeah, great. It's been um, been good. I was really lucky. My time in London working for for SRM, which was the company I worked for, we worked a lot across a lot of different sport, music, entertainment um, sort of organisations in in many different roles. So I had exposure to some big football clubs in in Europe and um, worked with a, an organisation that was trying to buy a club, which was pretty fascinating. And obviously over there, you're just immersed. Um, in, in football culture, given it's the number one sport in so many other countries. So I had a fair um, exposure to it. Again, I'm on the, I guess, on the, on the business side of it. Um, I've, I've walked into Football Australia and there's a lot of people that um, are brilliant at playing the game and know the technical side of the game inside out. But um, I've hopefully been able to bring a, 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 an expertise on the commercial side of it that, that helps and you don't necessarily have to play the game to, to work in the game. Um, but what I... What I do love is, just, is the inescapable passion that the world game gives and it's something mm. that it bleeds more. It's not just a sport, but it, it goes into music and fashion and lifestyle and, and, and for us as a governing body in Australia, we're not as fussed as to whether someone's a fan of, of Sam Kerr or Matty Ryan or Lionel Messi or Ronaldo or Megan Rapino. If you're interested in the game in some way, shape mm. or form, then that's good for us, whether you're playing, watching, participating, volunteering, coaching or, or buying a ticket to come to a game. So that's a lot of the work that, that we do at Football Australia is just around growing the profile of the game from the top to the bottom. Um, and I think what's good is because it has that global nature, we're able to tap into what happens in other parts of, of the world and I'm able to sort of still connect with a lot of people that I met in my time in the UK and elsewhere and, and try and think about are there ways that we can bring what's happening in other markets down to Australia and, and vice versa, how can we you know, grow Australia's profile in the world of football when we're you know, one of 211 member associations that yeah. report back up to FIFA. And how are we doing here in South Australia from a soccer perspective? I have been involved myself, but uh, what's, uh, you've come back from, uh, uh, from, from London. Well, how have you found you know, Adelaide or South Australia from a, from a soccer perspective in terms of the health of the, the leagues? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, Adelaide United are a fantastic club. They've, they've performed really strongly in, in the men's and women's teams, which is great. Um, Obviously, there's yeah, Bruce Jutta is now part of Adelaide Connectors. Got some some links in in the boats. So there's some good football people in Adelaide. I think what's super exciting for us is that yeah, Adelaide is going to be one of the host cities of the of the FIFA mm-hmm. Women's World Cup next year, which is the biggest women's event on the planet. Um, and I think what's super exciting for me now, having yeah, moved back to Adelaide, and I've been very fortunate to be supported by by CEO, and I'm I'm travelling back and forth to Sydney. But I'm as a passionate South Australian, really keen to work out how can Adelaide. Yeah, put itself on the global map being part of such a wonderful yeah, event um, and I think it will help grow you know, participation always helps when there's major events we've seen an uplift of when Australia won the Asian Cup in 2015 for example there was a 20% increase in participation the following year so when we've got the Women's World Cup coming to, to Adelaide next year yeah, how can we get more kids yeah, excited about the game um, how can we bring together a lot of different communities that are passionate about football and grow it um, you know, Michael Carter, who's the CEO of Football South Australia here, does a really great job. Um, I know we've had some some good government support. There's been a new redeveloped home of football out at Jeps Cross, which has just opened as well, which is fantastic. Um, so there's a lot of really good growth in the game. Um, and again, I, I have to smile because I've got a lot of mates that work in footy and, and, and both the AFL clubs and the, and the SNFL. And um, I know yeah, Adelaide gets talked about as a, as a footy town a lot. Um, people are probably surprised about how much um, interest there is in the round ball game here as well. Yeah. So I can sort of politely be the antagonist for that while I'm here as well. <laughs> so tell us, Tom, um, Football Australia is obviously a well-known entity across Australia and you get to um, hold your role and position here in Adelaide. How, how is the uh, team made up across Australia? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Pete. I've, I've been really fortunate. I think um, I moved to Sydney. Um, my family moved to Sydney. We landed last week of February in 2020. And my first day in the office in Sydney on March 2nd and about eight days later, so the world fell apart and COVID hit. And I was <clears throat> with a colleague who just started as well, packing a, an office chair and our desktop manager in the back of a maxi taxi going home and going, what is going on? And at that point in time, Shannon, my wife, was pregnant. We'd just moved into a rental in, in Sydney. All of our stuff was still on its way back on a ship from London. And so we were sleeping on a mattress on the floor with with one kid and um, and a few other things. So it was a pretty um, hefty sort of welcome to Sydney, if you like. And then obviously it was a, an incredibly challenging time. You know, many industries got smashed by COVID, but certainly sport, hospitality events had a mm-hmm. had a pretty tough. We had 70% of staff stood down, um, which was really, really difficult. But yeah, we, we've, we've built it back up. Um, but after sort of 12 to 18 months, we had a, a few reasons why we were keen to try and get back to Adelaide. Um, and I had a conversation with um, James Johnson, our CEO at Football Australia, and, and he couldn't have been more supportive. We've probably been, I think, fortunate that the world's obviously become a little bit more open to, to hybrid and flexible working environments. Um, we've had another one of my colleagues on the executive team, um, Peter Flopolis, our head of marketing and corporate affairs he's based in Melbourne he took the job was planning to move up but actually has done a really fantastic job being based in Melbourne so um, I think we've probably shifted the mindset a little bit that we're yeah we are a national governing body the office is based in Sydney but we do have people um, all over the country we work with our state bodies and member federations all over the country Um, and especially with something like the Women's World Cup coming next year having a, a few other um, I guess senior leaders in different cities we think is going to help with the growth of the game. Um, we've now got our head of referees, Nathan McGill's based in Adelaide as well. Um, we've just recruited um, a new digital and social lead from Adelaide. So the Football Australia Adelaide office is growing, not yet mm. to exist, but we're sort of we've got a little posse here, which is good. Um, but I've yeah, I've, I feel really supported by the organisation. They'll be able to come back to what is home at South Australia. I mean, we haven't we hadn't lived here for ten years. So yeah. we're still getting used to the um, used to it, but it's been um a fantastic experience being close to family and friends and we're really enjoying it. So so tell us, you said you've been away for ten years. How do you feel about um being back in Adelaide and what is the biggest change you've seen since you've left? Um I was I was lucky when we were in London we um we got exposed to the the South Australia Club and the Agent General for South Australia's office while we we're over there so um still always try to keep a bit of a, a foot or yeah from the door or, or ear to what was going back home um and you know I've always been a very passionate South Australian and whether when I was working on the Eastern Seaboard um you know growing up in Adelaide sort of um, standing up for for what is great about South Australia, I think what was surprising in London is that we actually had a fantastic reputation over there because of what the South Australia Club and the Agent General's office was doing. And there's a lot of people that were very well aware of obviously our you know, our wine um, places like Kangaroo, where yeah my family's gone ever since I was born and absolutely love. But um, yeah, a growing sense of some of the industries that we're trying to um, start to yeah. Um, make a name for South Australia, which is great, and that's something I'm I'm keen to sort of get a little bit more across now that I'm, I'm back in Adelaide in South Australia. I think from a lifestyle perspective, that is continually something that gets spoken about and, and gets fantastic praise, both domestically and internationally, which is which is really good. Um, but, I mean, for us as a, you know, a young family, we've got two young kids. Um, what's been brilliant is just the, yeah, the, the family lifestyle appeal of, of being back in Adelaide in South Australia. Yeah, we were looking at property in Sydney and that was... Pretty much a non-starter. Um, we, we, we own our first home and now in Adelaide. Um, our kids are staying to go to early learning centre and schools here. 
we've reconnected with family and friends who've got a lot of um, kids at a similar age and that lifestyle balance has been you know, hugely attractive right. for us, which is good. So, I mean, you know, we're not a Melbourne, we're not a Sydney. I know you've lived and worked in Sydney for a little while and, and my question to you, Tom, is how do we um, get people to see from an international or an interstate scale what South Australia is doing and how we can attract key talent such as yourself to South Australia? It's funny, when I speak to people either from, from outside Australia or even, you know, Sydney siders you know, and, and work colleagues, again, that might have um, been surprised I was moving back to Adelaide, there still seems to be a, a bit of a, a lack of understanding about how, how accessible this city is and how accessible the surrounding regions which make living in this city so attractive are. Yeah, when you talk to people... Yeah, some people will know about, yeah, we've got great wine regions, that's fantastic, but no one understands that you've got four incredible wine regions within the hour of the city and that you could actually go there for a day trip and be, you know, be back in your own bed that night. Um, small things like that, which, um, again, from a, from a lifestyle perspective and from a being able to enjoy you know, city living whilst also having a bit of um, an ability to get out, which I think is something that people are prioritising a lot more in their life after COVID. I think there's a lot of people that spent you know, too much time living in small apartments or you know, houses with no backyard and, and people's priorities have shifted and we've been cooped up for too long. And I think that's a, a huge opportunity for Adelaide to you know, leap ahead, if you like, because it can attract people that can have um, not just maybe having you know, a larger... Um, square meterage in your property compared to if you're living in Sydney or Melbourne, but actually being you know, being in a state where you can get in the car and, and drive a pretty short distance and go and see so many different places, which is great for entertaining, it's great for family life, um, it's great for business, for hosting hosting clients and, and bringing them into this city. So mm. I think um, one of the things is probably just that continual push in education um, and trying to create noise. And I know we've got a lot of different bodies and agencies, government and otherwise, that are trying to do that at the moment. And, and I, I feel I've seen a bit more of that in the last 12 and 18 months as well. Yeah, As I said, I felt when I was living in London, I was semi-connected with what was going on back in Adelaide through what was set up there. Um, I probably dove into things when I moved into Sydney and had, had the blinkers on a little bit. But whether it's through, through LinkedIn or, or being made aware of these types of events, um, seeing some extra stuff in the paper about yeah, why Adelaide's great, it feels like we're, we're creating the right type of noise and, and that's really what you have to do to try and make people more aware of, of what the state can offer. So tell us about your networking habit. Do you attend events? How do you network? Look, I think um, consistency of events is great. Being able to you know, plug things into your calendar, um, it's always interesting you know, if you get an invite to, to a function or a networking event, you know, people will often look at what the yeah, what the guest speaker is and, and what the topic might be, which is important. But I think your experience is always shaped by the people who are actually in the room and, and how easy it is to actually meet and, um, and interact with people. So um, I'm looking forward to trying to get a bit more involved in Adelaide Connected events in the future. I think, uh, I think you'd make a wonderful panellist coming up for a future Adelaide Connected event. And, Tom, what about podcasts? Are you listening to anything in particular that's of topical interest to you? Um, yeah, I, I used to listen to a lot more podcasts, but I, I listen sort of infrequently to um, a couple of sport business ones actually. So maybe a little bit niche for, for people listening in here, but there's a there's a great one called Are You Not Entertained? Um, and also Unofficial Partner, both which come out of the UK that talk a lot about um, the world of um, sports, sports finance, um, yeah, the, the inter intersection of, of, of finance and, and big sport, which yeah, there's a lot of things that have been happening and 
recent times, you know, Chelsea FC has just been um, bought by a group of American investors after Roman Abramovich um, had to relinquish his control of the club after the, the Ukraine-Russian war, which has been pretty interesting to watch. Um, there's a lot of lot of activity happening with yeah, American investors in buying into European football clubs, which is quite interesting at the moment as well. Um, and then, yeah, it, it helps listening to some of those podcasts for me because you get, yeah, again, a reminder of what's going on in, in other nations as well. Um, and not just in, in football, but um, more more broadly across, yeah, the world of sort of private equity and um, and I guess what makes sport tick. And at the end of the day, that's, that is yeah, ultimately a, a large part of it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy working for a governing body where we're, our purpose is to serve the sport and get more kids playing the game, which is great. But at the end of the day, there's also yeah, pressure on us to, to get more revenue into the game. So I try and keep across some of those podcasts. Um, and then probably my, um, my uh, more easy listening podcast that I tap into a little bit is a great cricketer. Um, which is uh, for cricket fans out there, yeah, a, a couple of guys who basically set up a parody Twitter feed a number of years ago and have somehow turned themselves into genuine um, sort of media personalities. And I was fortunate to meet one of them, Sam, when he was in London for a little bit as well. So um, the grey cricket is my, um, yeah, my uh, mowing the lawns on a Sunday afternoon in the, <laughs> in the years type of arrangement. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Tom. It. Thank you for listening to our podcast, brought to you by hosts Grant Law and Peter St. Clair. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on socials. Simply search for Adelaide Connected. We host podcasts monthly, so stay tuned to hear from more inspiring boomerangs and arrows who have chosen South Australia as a place to live and work.